Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. Today's episode is a bit of a ramble on the basics of protection magic with some tips and ideas to get you started. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me around the cauldron. Today, I'm actually talking about protection magic, sort of giving an introduction, I guess, to basic protection magic and spell work. So before we move into the bulk of what I'm going to talk about, I have um, three announcements. Anyway, for those watching on YouTube, if you have any questions about protection magic um, while you're watching live, drop them in the chat and then we can go over those in the bonus section. If you are watching the video later, drop them in the comments and I will be happy to answer any of your questions or point you in the direction if I don't have an answer. The second announcement is that I'm going to start doing something over on Instagram and Twitter every Friday, like a, I have tentatively called it Freebie Friday, where I want to schedule out like an hour of time where I can do free one card readings for people who may not necessarily have the funds to purchase a full reading or who sort of want to dip their toes in the water of getting a tarot reading. So that's something to look out for too. If you're not following me on Instagram or Twitter, the links are in the description and in the show notes and definitely keep an eye out for that. The third announcement that I have is that I was recently on another podcast. I was on the Witchcraft Grenade that is hosted by Cloud the Pagan Rapper and Lady Book Dragon. So that link is in the description and in the show notes too, and I definitely recommend checking out their podcast. Um, We talked about basically everything, uh, what it means for me to be a YouTuber and a podcaster and doing everything that I do, as well as where we think the community is going and how technology sort of plays a role in witchcraft and um, social media and all of that really convoluted and complex stuff. So definitely, I recommend listening to that episode and the rest of their episodes. The link is in the description and in the show notes. Uh, Lancel, is this a sign? I just did a protection spell like an hour ago. It's a sign. It's definitely a sign. (laughs) It could be a sign for you. You would have to get with Hecate um, to figure that one out specifically. Um, But yeah, I guess let's just move into it. It's going to be... I don't anticipate this being a very long episode because introduction to protection magic is fairly simple and straightforward, but it's also something that's really important in my opinion for everyone that practices witchcraft should, I think everybody that practices witchcraft should learn protection magic and protection magic can be many different things depending on the practitioner. So the very essence of protection magic is just magic that is meant to protect someone like yourself, your loved ones, or um, objects, um, places even, like protecting your home or your, your car. That's basically protection magic, keeping those things from harm. Um, 
<laughs> and it's really funny. If you Google protection magic or protection magic spells or protection witchcraft or anything like that, um, they are everywhere. Protection spells are everywhere. And I think that's a good thing because protection magic is a fundamental skill that I believe all witches should learn how to do um, because it can lead into so many different things. Okay. Um, but first I want to talk about the different types of protection magic because just saying protection magic, like that's, that's kind of vague. What exactly am I talking about? So the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about protection magic is shielding. This is going to be, um, energy shields, basically energetic shields that protect you from outside influence. Now, if you have a hard time visualizing things like that, the easiest example from pop culture that I can give you on an energetic shield, don't hate me, is from Twilight, okay? If you haven't seen Twilight or you have no plans of watching it or anything, then this will be fine for you. But I'm going to give part of this away. So if you haven't seen it or you haven't read it and you don't want it to be spoiled, then then either pause the video later um, or just plug your ears. <laughs> but in Twilight, Bella Swan, can uh, she can protect herself, basically. This is why Edward can't read her thoughts. And she learns how to project that shield, basically, outwards and to protect other people. For me, this is a good representation of a very basic energetic shield, protecting herself from outside influences. Now, don't kill me because it's a Twilight reference. Yes, I've watched the movies. Yes, I've read the books. But it's a good example. <laughs> and when you're learning protection magic, an energetic shield is an, it's a simple method to start with because you can, you can do it wherever you are. It's very easy. I mean, you just need to sit there, breathe in and out, and feel your energy and sort of project that energy around you in a bubble or a box or whatever shape you want your shield to be. Over time, this can be done um, very quickly and it can become second nature. But it's something that I recommend practicing every day so that you can get better at it. You can do it faster. And then you can even add in different reinforced elements to go with that energy to protect against some things but let other things in. You know, it, it can become very complex. But the energetic shield is the very first example that I have of a protection magic. The next thing that you can use as protection magic is amulets. You can charge amulets and talismans, do spell work, and, um, you know, charge it with the moon or with your own energy for the purposes of protection. Then whenever you or said person wears that amulet, it will serve its purpose and it will protect the wearer. Now, the next three are forms of protection magic that aren't going to be for everyone. This is going to depend on how you practice witchcraft and what your specific tradition or um, 
ethics, I guess you could say, um, what those say you can and can't do, right? And please remember that I am not Wiccan and I do not follow the Wiccan read or the threefold law. So the first two here is either um, banishing and binding. I view banishing and binding as basic forms of protection magic because sometimes in order to protect yourself or someone else, you need to get rid of things or keep things from happening. You can banish people, banish feelings, banish situations, and you can do the same thing with binding. You can bind people from doing harm to themselves or other people. The next two that go together is cleansing and uncrossing. Now, I would imagine that most people would be comfortable with cleansing and uncrossing. So cleansing is a form of protective magic, in my opinion, because you are cleansing the area or yourself of anything that doesn't serve you, basically. So if you say you work with the public, a lot of times we can bring home attachments in the form of either excess emotional energy that someone was just letting off, or we can be around people who have attachments themselves and they just piggyback onto us. Um, But cleansing can get rid of that. Uncrossing is if you think that you have been cursed or hexed, you need to uncross yourself to get rid of that. And that is a form of reactionary protective magic. Now, the last one that I have is uh, cursing or hexing. Again, not going to be for everyone, but that's okay. I still consider cursing and hexing forms of protective magic because eventually something has to give. And for me, it takes a lot for me to get to that point. But once I have exhausted all of my options and I am out of both mundane and other magical options, then I'm still going to continue trying to protect myself or my family in any way that I know how. And if I have to curse somebody to do that, I will. That's why, for me, it's still considered protective magic, but it is, it's reactionary. Something that we do when we either have no other options or we do it in response to a situation or a person. So... I mean, protection magic, sorry, my papers are flying away. Um, I think everyone should practice protection magic. It's super important to be able to protect yourself in general, like in your day-to-day life. And if you're going to protect yourself by wearing a seatbelt in the car, why would you not protect yourself in a magical way too. If you're going to work magic and work with energy, you should be able to protect yourself, in my opinion, because we can find ourselves in situations where that protection is necessary. When, so this is my opinion on this. I'm not sure if anyone else feels this way, but when we work within the magical world, when we begin to work with and manipulate energy, we can sort of attract the attention of different beings and spirits. 
And not all of them have good intentions. Some of them don't care. Some of them are just, you know, yeah, whatever, let the humans do what they want. But some people, or some beings and some spirits have malevolent intentions. And I definitely think that if you're working in this space in between, as I like to think of it for myself, and manipulating that energy, I, I need to be able to protect myself against those spirits that really don't have my best interest at heart. Um, and, you know, it's the same thing with the excess energy from other people. Right now, I don't think it's really that relevant, or maybe it is, because we're not going out in really large crowds, so we're not sort of bombarded with everyone else's energy, but the energy that is in the world right now is extremely chaotic. So I do find it helpful on a daily basis to practice that energetic shield and to keep it around me basically all the time. Um, and then protection magic is also good for barriers to intruders. So this can be as simple as salt around the thresholds of your home, the, the doors, the window seals, um, even in your car. You can use like my travel protection charm that I did. There's actually a video here on YouTube of how I did this charm that I kept in each vehicle when we moved from Oregon to Florida. Um, and it's, I don't, it's a fundamental skill that I think everyone that practices witchcraft should know how to do. So I have a few simple methods of protection magic that I want to talk about really quick. Um, the first one is the energy shield. And I don't know if I'm going to do it here live on YouTube. I'll probably make another video walking you through my own personal method for an energy shield. Um, but creating an energy shield, the easiest way to do it is to sit in a quiet place, especially if you've never done it before. You want to be able to focus and concentrate on what it is that you're doing. So you sit in a quiet place, close your eyes, take deep, slow breaths, and begin to feel the energy that's within you. When I do my energetic shield, I don't pull energy from around me. I expand my own energy from within. So every time I breathe in, I expand that shield and make it grow bigger and bigger. Then I breathe out and I relax. Then I breathe in, the same thing. And just until it gets basically all the way around me and I can feel the bubble of warmth that is my shield. And then from there, you can manipulate it and you can add more layers and layer and layer and layer it depending on your circumstances. And eventually when you practice this over and over and over again, it's going to be something that is just super quick and you can just do it at the drop of a dime whenever you need to. Um, let's see. Lancel says a lot of people assume protection magic is just a beginner thing that only beginners practice. It's not. It's essential both as a foundational practice and it helps as we grow our practice. 
Yes, you beat me to it. I was actually going to touch on that too in a little bit. Um, it for sure is, it is a foundation, but it does help in everything else that you do. Because once you have that foundational skill, you can start to see how it applies to every other aspect of your magic and of your life. It's really simple when you think about it, but it's not something that only beginners practice. And I don't think it's something that only beginners should practice in general. I think everybody should do it. (laughs) Um, The second method that I have of protection is for your home. And this is very simple. It's sort of like creating a ward. But if you've been a witch for a while, you know that salt has a very specific energy to it. Salt is very protective and it's very cleansing. So one thing that I like to do is I like to take my coarse salt and I'll hold it in my hand and meditate on it for a few minutes and say, you know, This is for protection against intruders or unwanted energy. And then I will actually sprinkle the salt across my threshold of my door, as well as each one of my window seals, basically any opening into the home. Um, This also plays into wards. Now, I've done a video on a waterfall ward that I, I I haven't used it here in this apartment since we've moved but it's a very basic way of protecting your home. But there are many different ways toward your home, and there are many different ways to be effective, and there are also things you can and can't ward against. So warding your home is basically, the way I view it is placing an energetic shield around your house. There's also another method where you create... um, energetic objects or you take an object and you infuse it with energy that is specific to what you want. So for example, um, a little, a statue that you keep by your front door, you charge that object with the purpose and intention of keeping anything out of your home that you don't want there. And then you keep it by your front door. You can also work with plant spirits as an an effective way of warding your home. It depends on the plant, obviously, and um, how willing they are to work with you. But if you develop good relationships with the land spirits and the plant spirits around you, then you can have great allies to protect your home and the people in it from uh, unwanted energy or unwanted intruders. Uh, Let's see. The next one that I have written down here in my notes is charms. Now, I made a charm. I made several charms, actually. They were all the same, but I made charms when we moved from Oregon to Florida. And they were very simple with essential oils and different herbs and then charged with a sigil whose specific purpose was to protect us on our travels from one side of the country to the other. And Lancel brought up another um, great example in the chat. Witches bottles for the home are great in general. Um, That's a whole other topic on its own. But a witch's bottle can serve many different purposes. And the way that I have, or the most common witch's bottle that I've seen 
is one that is essentially used as a decoy. So you take a, a glass jar and you fill it with all different kinds of things to trap energy. Um, rusty nails, um, staples, or um, oh, like a barbed wire even, or anything that's sort of like a prickly um, that would trap something, basically. <laughs> the words are escaping me right now. But you you fill it with that, and then you fill it with something that is of your essence. So this could be your saliva, or blood, or fingernail clippings, or urine, you know, and, and then it's used as a decoy. You would place it so hopefully somewhere inconspicuously if you live in an apartment complex because you don't want people to pick it up and play with it. Um, but place it somewhere where it will be safe and it won't be seen. And then it acts as a decoy. And anything that is directed at you or that is trying to intrude on you or your home will be attracted to the witch's bottle, the witch's jar instead of you. And then once it's served its purpose, you would safely dispose of it or cleanse it and then put it back out to do the same thing. Those are not for everyone because of the ingredients that you have to put in them, but there are a lot of other ways that you can make spell bottles. They don't have to be like that in particular. Um, and yes, Lancel also said that statues of gargoyles were used historically to protect, uh, historically to protect, but anything can work. I like to use dragon statues because I'm very connected to the idea of dragons and dragons in general, but yeah, anything can work. You can even make something of your own and charge it with a purpose. And as long as it's charged with that intention, it will do what you want it to do. So, like I said, this, you know, protection magic isn't just for beginners. Protection magic isn't just something that you do one time and call it good. Protection magic is something that I think should be practiced over and over and over again. You can never have too much protection magic. And I know I gave a couple of examples here, um, but there, it's not limited to what I spoke about today at all. There is no limit to what you can use in protection magic. You know, you want to hang a blanket from your from your on your wall to cover your blinds and charge it with an intention to keep unwanted eyes out, go for it. That's, I mean, that's a great idea. You can even use um, sigils. I talk about sigils all the time. Sigils are great, but sigils can be charged and used in protection magic. You can use... Um, floor washes for protection magic or create a window wash for protection magic for your home. You can, if you wear makeup, you can draw sigils on your face with your makeup and then blend them out and use that as protection magic. There's no limit to what you can do. Let's see. Lancel said there's 
Some things which tend to last longer, like jars and bottles, and those which last quicker, like burning sigils and salt. Yes, that's very true too. Some things last for a very long time. Some things need to be charged more often. And this is also going to depend on where you are. So if you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have any neighbors or you don't have neighbors for miles and you don't get a lot of foot traffic, you might not need to recharge your wards or use your protection magic on your home as often as if you lived like I do in the middle of a city in a three-story tall apartment building complex area. You know, that where you live is going to play a big role in how often you have to recharge your protection magic sigils or um, statues. And you also need to think about the land too. If you live somewhere where there is a lot of spiritual activity or a lot of, um, like if you live by a cemetery, which is really funny because there's a cemetery down the street from my house. Um, you're naturally going to have more activity in your home that you might need to protect yourself against. And if you are a person that doesn't go anywhere, you might need to do less protection magic on yourself than if you are a person who goes to very busy places or who works with the public or who even works in a very emotionally draining field like healthcare or if you work in prisons or in cemeteries. You know, it's very situational and subjective to the practitioner, and that's something that you should keep in mind too. But I always will recommend protection magic to anyone, and especially for anyone that is beginning, I think protection magic is one of those foundations um, besides energy work that should be practiced every day and not necessarily mastered because I think there's always something that we could do better. But definitely have that good sense of foundational skill so that you can use it when you need to. You don't really have to think about it and you can adapt it to situations without having to Google different protection magic spells. Um, let's see, Lancel, you're giving me amazing ideas here in the chat right now. Um, you're helping me out a lot. So thank you. Um, See, eggshells can substitute salt when sprinkling on the floor in nature. And door washes can be used for the threshold, not only cleansing, but protection and with intention. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like using eggshells. I actually have um, a bunch of powdered eggshells still sitting in a drawer in my altar that I still need to use. Um, but eggshells are definitely protective. And if you don't have salt you can use eggshells. Or if you don't want to use salt in your home, you can use eggshells. And like Lancel said, if you are out somewhere in nature, don't use salt. Salt is not good to just sprinkle like in the grass. So if you're going to cast a circle outside in your backyard, you shouldn't use salt as the basis for your circle because it can kill the plant life. But eggshells will, will do no harm to the grass or wherever you are. Um, Oh, and that's something else that I didn't talk about too, is casting circles. So not everyone will cast a circle when they do magic. Myself, I haven't cast a circle in like, I don't know, 
10 years. <laughs> that sounds really awful. Um, but my particular path of witchcraft doesn't require me to cast a circle. And I don't always feel that it's necessary. Um, casting a circle is, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a ritualistic way of basically creating sacred space for you to do your magic or do your rituals. And casting circles are protective in nature because it creates an energetic barrier around you and your space that is in between. It's sort of a liminal space. It's not in the, um, oh my goodness, there are words that I'm looking for. It's an in-between. It's, it's here and in the other world, if that makes sense. Um, but it is protective in nature. So if you want a ritualistic aspect to your protection magic, you can definitely learn how to cast a circle. This is going to depend on your tradition because some traditions have very specific methods of casting circles. I don't in particular, um, but some traditions, they start in the east and they move clockwise and at each direction they call in the quarters, the guardians of the watchtowers um, and the elements. That's going to be very subjective to the person, but casting a circle is also another great way to practice your protection magic. Um, <laughs> you still have more, Lancel. Don't, don't combine Florida water with candles unless you want to banish your house with fire. So I am a witch that has never used Florida water. But I think Florida water contains an alcohol, right? I think it contains an, an alcohol. Yeah, don't use Florida water with candles because it's flammable. <laughs> um, let's see. Holy water combined with oil and rubbed on the limbs can protect from spirits, especially in cemeteries. Comes from Appalachian folk, folk magic. Oh, that's good to know. I don't know too much about Appalachian folk magic. That's something that I need to look into. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, let's see. One can also use the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram daily to protect. I, okay, I'm going to sound like a really bad witch right now. I have never used the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. <laughs> never. And I don't know if it's just something that just never appealed to me or if it's just something I never really wanted to do, but it sounds like it would be protective. That makes me sound very bad. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so... I feel like this was very, very scatterbrained, very, uh, I don't know, not very organized. I have ideas for more videos on protection magic and more examples. I feel like it's kind of hard to uh, give examples like this on YouTube um, and e even more so on the podcast, but I hope that this little discussion has helped anyone um, really understand the basics of protection magic and why it's important and also given you some ideas for 
practicing your protection magic. Um, I'll get back into the swing of lives eventually. <laughs> um, and I feel like there's a lot that I missed too, which there probably is. There, it's it's been a day. It's just been a heck of a day. I'll I'll just leave it at that. Um, so before I go, or before we go into the bonus section, um, I do need to give my shout out to my patrons. So thank you to my patrons over on Patreon. Um, I know it's it's been a ride here, and we've kind of hopefully kind of calm down, but I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you, Jess, Rose, Renee, Holly, Blue, Bonnie, Lee, Angie, Leli, Magical Crafting, Bliss, and anyone else that I did not mention. And if you'd like to join me on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content and perks, including polls on what we're going to talk about next um, if you're going to stick around for whatever the bonus section entails, then stick around. If not, I will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to today's rambly episode about protection magic, and I will see you next time. Well, I think that could have gone a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> we're dealing with a lot of big energy in my house right now um you know we aren't we aren't sending my daughter to public school because here in florida the schools are open and it's just not safe for her um especially with covid actually that's that's the reason is covid i'm not sending her to school because of covid and i'm at home and I have the ability to do so, so she's staying home with me. We tried virtual school, and it didn't work. Now we are trying the homeschooling thing, and we're just dealing with a lot of big energy and big emotions. So today has just been one of those very big days for the both of us. She's seven. She's dealing with um, a lot of big emotions that are hard for even an adult to handle, so... It's been interesting, but I think we're working on it, and I am hopeful that it will get better. Um, let's see. Lancel, school is still very chaotic. You go there bi-weekly. Virtual school is going badly right now. It is very badly. Um, and this virtual school wasn't even like a... a like by the counties here, it is literally Florida virtual school. It's an online school, sort of like K-12 or Connections Academy, that everything they do is always virtual. We tried that, but it just didn't work for us. Um, it was too restrictive, and the communication was just really difficult with the school and the teacher in general. So it just didn't work. Um Teachers aren't even teaching, just giving homework. That's, it's hard right now. Um, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about protection magic is because there's a lot of big things happening right now. And I think we just need to be able to protect ourselves from it. 
um, not necessarily stop feeling the things because the things are awful, but protecting ourselves from the outside energetic influences and how they can really feed into our emotions and the way that we feel and the way we behave. I think I'm going to write up a whole blog post, maybe like a blog series on protection magic. I think that'll, that'll be something really helpful. Um, let's see. A parent complained you've gotten sworn at and the principal hung up. Yeah, it's just, I think just everybody right now is just feeling really awful. <laughs> I don't have another word for it. It's just awful. And I mean, I'm not even hopeful that it's going to get better anytime soon. I think it's just going to keep getting worse. Eventually it'll get better. It has to. I have to keep telling myself it's going to get better, but I can't give myself a timeline of that. So we all need to light a white candle right now. Yes, we do, Lancel. Yes, we do. <laughs> I actually just bought a really, really large pillar candle from Ikea that I'm, I'm actually planning on using it um, for the blue moon, but it's really tempting just to light it. <laughs> and send out some of that positive protection energy into the world, or at least what little I can penetrate into this chaoticness that is happening right now. So I think I'm going to go ahead and end it here. And it was great. It was scatterbrained. But I hope it was helpful. So... I will talk to everyone soon and look forward to a blog series about protection magic because that is something I'm planning on doing now. So I was, you're doing a ritual dedicated to the, oh, the fairy man on that day. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck in your ritual. I do. And I will talk to everyone else next time.